Hi friends, we're back with another episode of Brazen Business Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and our guest this week's name is also Sarah. I sat down with Sarah Skolaski, and we speak about all of the business um, adventures she's been on up to this point. We go a little bit into her background in education. We talk about um, the creation of the concept of the spot coffee and the trailer and the brick and mortar that she ultimately ended up running successfully for that company for a number of years. Um, she has since stepped away from that um, brand and has passed that on to somebody else and has went into real estate as her next career move. So the theme of this conversation is really just change and evolution and the fire that burns inside of an entrepreneurial spirit that just kind of makes you keep wanting to grow and change and see what's next. And so I hope that you will find some points to giggle at a little bit in this episode. I hope you'll maybe learn something about Sarah or about myself. And ultimately, I hope that you'll be inspired in some way hearing how Sarah tackled her own dreams and had the faith in herself to make something happen is inspiring. And so hopefully that can help you be inspired about something in your own life. So please enjoy this episode with Sarah Skolaski of the Brazen Business Podcast. For one thing, I think his name's like Billy Billy. Was he with Jay Leno? Is that how it started? I don't know. I thought it was like an E or something because he was really kind of bold. He was like, he would ask you crazy questions, but but not Ross. Ross was with Jay Leno. He was the best. But it was kind of that, but like still like a gay guy, but asking like more forward and like sassy questions. Uh You know what I mean? And I love the things where they stop people on the street and they're like, how many continents are there? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not all about like shaming people about like being ignorant, but it's just really funny (laughs) to see like, 15. Yeah. Or like how many states are there in the United States? People are always just like, what? there's like 52 now, right? They just added one. Like people are always like sure that they like our current on this stuff. And it's like, uh-uh. I mean, the confidence level, you got to admire that. You know what I mean? Like they feel good They're about their answer. Good about their answers. Yeah. Um, now, if they if they go psychotic in this, you'll have to edit. That no, out. they're good. They're so good. They might. Um, there might be a little panting, which I mean, like, hey, some of our my listeners <laughs> might be really into that, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, when I was I was talking to somebody else about my Excel spreadsheet because you know how I am, uh-huh. um, and I have like all the people that I want to interview and the guests, and like uh, what I would talk to them about. And I wrote your. I told you you were one of the first people I wrote down when I was like, I'm going to talk to business owners mainly because we were doing this back in the day. Yeah. We were doing this and not recording it. We were doing it on my living room floor at your kitchen table. Cause we've known each other since, um, since high school, really, um, our whole lives almost. And so, um, I was like, well, we've been doing these business talks and strategy conversations and well, what if we did this? And what if you, but I think the thing that really resonated with me that I wanted to talk to you about was like, um, you were uh, an educator, a teacher mm-hmm. um, with a career and a family and like a life that had just like already kind of been built and you were already running it. And I was running a small jewelry company at the time. And you were always like, what if you did like, you were always like this idea factory of like, well, you could do this though. And then, and the other thing for me was like, that I always remember is you were always so enthusiastic. You were like, isn't it so exciting though, that you could just like, like the possibilities for me through your eyes were so exciting to you. Yeah. And then I remember the day we were sitting in my living room and you were like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like maybe I want to start a business, but I don't know. Can I do that? And I remember looking at you and being like, you not already think you're an entrepreneur. Like you're like kicking around ideas and helping me brainstorm all the time. Like on a daily basis, we were working out together at the time. Yeah. So we were like having daily conversations where you're like, Ooh, how did this go? Did you test out the, what I was calling you when I was going through a name change? I was like, what do you think? I'm going to rebrand. What do you think about this? What do you think about this logo? You and Ryan were like looking at it and texting me your yes. thoughts. Like you were all, you were already doing all these things. Right. And so then what year was it when you decided that you were going to start your own business then? Mm, I think I, I know this is so crazy that I don't remember 20, I think 2017 Stephanie always, if she listens, she'll sure. correct me. Sure. 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 <laughs> sure. So I think 2017, I'm trying to think cause we went to Minnesota and I remember I like 20, Megan's twins were real little, right. And my yeah. twins were pretty little at the yeah. time too. And so mine were born 2013. So maybe like 20, 2016. Yeah. 2016. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, I had been teaching for 12 years and um, just was so excited about business. Like yeah. I had like this yearning it within me that I was just like, oh my gosh. Well, I, where did it I come love- from? Like, what, where were you seeing that you were like, this is exciting? Like, what, what were the first things that you, like, did you work Shark Tank? Like, were you, like, what were you into where you were like, this is, because as a, as a school teacher, those aren't like conversations you're normally having. I mean, no, I, I'm probably painting with a broad brush, but. I, I think it was because I was, I taught um, in a special education classroom for six years. And that was really my passion. I absolutely loved that. I loved advocating um, for students with disabilities and just loved helping their parents um, kind of walk through the education process with their, with their child. So then in the last six years of my career, I was a reading specialist and I just think I, I had, I did have the same. Oh, (laughs) the last um, six years of my teaching career, I was a reading specialist and I, I loved that, but I, I wasn't as on fire for that role as I was um, being a special education teacher, I think it just became the same every day. Like okay. It was just like kind of, there wasn't anything out of the ordinary. So I, it was like, I was just craving something different. Sure. Craving something that um, was like a unexpected, challenge. Yeah. you know, something else to kind of conquer. I had, you know, went to college, I had a double major and then I went to call back to college and got a master's degree. And then like, started teaching. And while it was challenging at first, it just became sameness, you know, it sure. just was like every day kind of felt the same. And I just really feel like I love learning. And so I, I was like, I was just up for a challenge and wanted something different. Sure. Yeah. And so I think like you starting yours, your small business was just like, Oh my gosh, people are, people are doing these things and maybe I could do that. This and is I happening. Yeah. Yeah. That aha moment sitting on your living room floor. And I was like, maybe I am an entrepreneur. Like I do get so excited just having these conversations. Maybe, maybe this is who I am. Well, because I think at that point we were sitting there and you were like, I just like, I have this idea and I just can't quit thinking about it. And like, I remember at one point you were even like in the early stages, like pitching your idea to other people. Like, why don't you open this kind of thing? Like you were like telling other people, like, I've got this great idea. I think maybe you should do this. Yes. And like, you were even talking to me about it and you're like, well, like, what do you, like, do you think you're going to do jewelry forever? And you weren't necessarily like pitching me the idea, but you're like, why is it that this is what you're doing? Right. Type of thing. And like, well, would you do other businesses? And that's when I was like, I think you're the business owner that you're looking <laughs> for to start this business. Yeah. It's so scary to step out of a career though. You know, like my parents had always raised me, like you go to college you get the job and then you retire from the job, right? So to step out of that career, so to speak, it was like, well, am I really going to step out of a career that I've got a master's degree to pursue to go sell coffee in a camper by the river? Like, you know, people had thought I hit a midlife crisis at 32. They were like, are you okay? <laughs> well, and it's like, I don't even think that it's really viewed by a lot of people as an option, right? Like yeah. I remember, like I never even considered being like an artist for a living. Like that was Absolutely. laughable. Like in high school, they were like, you can take an art class, but like <laughs> you have to pick a job. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, this is not the career for you. You have to pick like a, like it seemed impractical to yeah. follow something like that, especially like you're saying, after giving so much of your life to the education and, and the process of where you wanted to go. Um, which I think is a unique quality, but I think it's a quality that like a lot of entrepreneurs have is they kind of see it as like a bigger risk not to try it, right? Yeah. Like it starts to become like a thought that you can't put away, like you can't get rid of it. And you're like, well, now how am I going to do it? And then I know your brain was already like, well, this would probably be the first step. Like you were already like <laughs> working on things yeah. in your brain, like before you really had like accepted the idea that maybe you were going to be the one who was doing the business. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so when I was talking about the timeline, we went to Minnesota. I remember we, um, your family was gracious enough to invite my family on your family vacation one year. And, um, you guys go to this lovely lodge in way up Northern <laughs> Minnesota, way up Northern Minnesota. And so it's a, it's like a two day car trip to get yep. there. Cause we like take our time and have fun. You guys have been doing this for like what decades, right? Yep. And we're like in a caravan mm-hmm. and you got your family's like ahead of ours and we're like in the minivan and I'm getting texts from you. Like, what about a trailer? Like, do you think like an Airstream or do you, and th- at this time, like there was, 
there was nothing like that going Nacho on in Peoria. Mama. Nacho yeah. Mama was the only. I forgot about Nacho Mama. Only one. Yes. Yeah. But she like was, food trucks were like, that's a, that's a New York and like Chicago yep. thing. That's not a, like a Peoria it thing. It's not a Peoria thing. Yeah. Um, so what were your, what, when you think about like the early days, not even just about like it being coffee or anything like that, but like, what do you think was the main catalyst? I mean, like we talked about, I think at the time, um, but you loved coffee, but what, like, what was your, what was your goal when you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to start a business. Like what, what were you going for? At the time I didn't really realize it, but I start get becoming like uneasy with whatever it is I'm doing. Like I, I start feeling unsettled in my spirit. And so I started feeling that with teaching. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was kind of scared about that, right? Like you're like, Ooh, I don't think this is for me. Do I start talking about that? Do I tell people that? Do I no, grin and bear it? Just, <laughs> do I make it in the best of the next 20 years? Make it till you make it. Like, I was like, Oh man, I don't know what this is all about. But I knew if I kept staying like in the hamster wheel, like mm-hmm. if I keep repeating what I'm doing, I'm going to expect the same outcomes. Right. So finally I told Ryan, I was like, I, I think I just need to step out. I need to step into something else. And so my first idea was just have a small coffee shop in Glassford where I was teaching. And, uh, so he kind of helped me walk through that. He was like, okay, so what kind of coffee? And Ryan's I was like, your husband. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes thank yep. you. So I was like, well, specialty coffee, of course. And he was like, and so why do you think Glassford would be like your target area for specialty coffee? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just a small town. You would drink coffee there, right? Like I'm here every day. So I would, I would go there. Yeah. I'm my own target customer. (laughs) So I, you know, just kind of started fleshing that out with him. And he was like, babe, the grain mill in Glassford, it's like a huge, like it's a very rural farming um, community. And so he was like, the grain mill in Glassford serves free coffee. What makes you think the farmers are going to come to your specialty coffee shop and pay $5 for coffee? And I was like, because I'm going to love them really well. And they're going to. The service, Ryan. The service. That's why. And he was like, I don't know, babe. I I want that so bad for you. I just don't. I don't know that I see it being that. And so um, I was like, okay, (laughs) I, I understand where you're coming from. So then I was like, okay, so maybe not a coffee shop. What if I did a mobile thing? Because then essentially, you know, if Glassford wasn't my target market, you basically get to test market any location that you want, you know, within your vicinity. And so um, I was like, what about, what about a camper? And he was like, I, I don't know. And I was like, well, I've seen this nacho mama truck. Sure. That's what I was just going to say is like, where were you, where had you seen this where you were like, I think I could do this with coffee. Um, she had come to like a cancer benefit. It was there serving. Sure. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius, right? She pulls in, she serves the grilled cheese. She goes home. I remember I was there. Yeah. At Limestone. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh. That was right. That's the day your mom asked me to go to Minnesota with you guys. Yes. That's so funny. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, as soon as I started like putting this all together, I like on our way up to Minnesota, that's when it was like, okay, I'm going to really do this. I'm really going to. Not at that point, I wasn't going to step out of teaching or step away. I was just going to do this and alongside. Yeah. So, um, I started looking for a trailer because Ryan thought, yeah, that is, I, I, I do agree. Like a test market would be great to start with, you know? Well, and I think I remember us having a conversation too, where you'd like looked up the campers. And I think this is a place that a lot of people start, especially when they're like, I'm going to do a mobile business is you get on like trade and post or Craigslist and you're like, shoot, you can you can't throw a rock without hitting a camper and like, they're not too bad. They're like, you can get one for like a few hundred dollars, thousand bucks, like depending on how much you want to spend. And I'm willing to do the work, but like, (laughs) so like, it's, it's just such a big project, right? Like you see that you could see the potential and you're like a, you are a go-getter. Like you're a person who's like, let's just take the next step. Let's just take the next step. And I think it's important that like, um, just as much as you are like a, a dreamer and an idea person that you have this like, um, awesome partnership with Ryan where yeah. he's like, he's very much like a great sounding board. Yeah. Like he's very um, like logical yeah. and like reasonable and like you can feel really passionate about something. And he's like, let's, let's walk this through a little bit and yeah. see what it looks like. And so I think that's, um, everybody needs somebody, you know, somebody yes. in your corner that you can kind he's of steady. Yeah. I always say that you're yeah. just so steady for me because I get so impassioned about things. Yeah. And then he, um, 
he does it in a way that doesn't like burst my bubble. Like it's still super encouraging, but maybe just a little more realistic. <laughs> sure, sure, so, sure. So he was like, I think this is good. This, so, yeah. this traveling thing yeah. could work. Yeah. yeah. I, I see that. So of course, like I get on Craigslist of all places, find this $400 camper. 400 bucks. Call the guy. For your future. Hey, I'm on vacation. Could you just hold this little honey of a camper for me until I get back? And so we no more pulled into our driveway when we got home from Minnesota and Ryan went two and a half hours. I told him, don't pay a dollar over 300 bucks for that baby. <laughs> and he came rolling down the street with that. Blue I think, Betty, and uh, she wasn't blue at the time. She wasn't blue at the time. Um, I think I remember. I think you called me and were like, she's here. Come and see. And yeah. we, like the girls were so little, and there was like still like a kitchen. Like it was full. It was oh, a yeah. full trailer oh, it was inside. a full-on camper. Yeah, somebody had left lots of belongings. And you had hard place. eyes on so bad. Oh. You were just like, look at it. It has bullet holes all in it. <laughs> she's perfect. She's perfect. She's perfect. Yeah. So then it was just like retrofitting it and uh, I'll never forget. And this is something I just want people to feel so encouraged by. Um, I reached out to Nacho Mama and was like, help me understand the process of how, how did you begin this? How did you get your food license? How are you able to serve in Peoria County? And so she kind of, she helped me. Like she linked arms with me. She answered every single question. She was so encouraging. Um, and so I called the health department and they're like, we don't do this. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I, I mean, you did for Nacho Mama. I they're think like, you do. They're like, she was the first and we don't have any policies for this. She has a different truck than you do. Hers is set up differently because she had like an old FedEx truck where I just had a camper. Right. So hers was larger for a three compartment sink and things of that nature. So that felt hard at first, right? Like I could have easily just been like, well, sell That's it. it. Yeah, because, I guess. Uh, yeah. Can't go any further. Said no. But I just kept calling and calling and calling. And what I started to find out was like, the more times you call, you almost get a different person. And somebody is willing to like go a step further and be like, you know what, we'll look into this. Or like, and eventually ask. somebody's going to have to figure it out. Like they're just going to, you're going to get to somebody who's like, well, I guess we better. We did. We yeah. did. Corrine Peplinski at the health department like helped me out so much. And she was so gracious about helping me. So I just think, I just want people to feel encouraged to call people that are already doing what you want to do. I remember it, you yeah. feel like, so well, I, I don't want to be their competition. Yes. I don't want to, I don't know, like I've not, I'm not even, I'm not at their level. I'm not in their league. And it's not about that at all. Like yeah. more times you're going to find that people want to link arms with you and help you achieve your goals rather than being like, I don't have time for you or, or be discouraging. They're, they're very helpful and encouraging in this area. Well, and I also think this is like, people are going to get so tired of this. If anybody listens to all these episodes, first of all, God bless you. But second of all, um, I say this all of the time. There's like two things that make people really successful. The one is they just keep calling yeah, or they just keep working or like every hurt. Like I was just talking to somebody yesterday and it was like every hurdle that comes up, you're just like, okay, well, we'll figure out how to get over this one because there's always going to be another one. And so people that like have a, a roadblock come up, like the health department just straight up tells them, no, you can't do this and stop. Then they're not the first people to open a mobile coffee truck in the yeah. Peoria area and be like trailblazers. And it's the tenacity to stick with it and call it that you have to have to be able to, even after the health department says yes for the next thing, because yes. there's going to be another thing that you're going to have to call 1800 times on, or there's going to be a generator that you have to work on 1800 times yes. before it gets right. Like there's always going to be something that you have to keep at. So it's just I that guess. attitude of tenacity. I think that is really like the secret to success. I agree. I call it stick with itness, which I know is not a real word. Yes. I this yeah. If you don't have stick with itness, you won't make it in small business, right? Like you just have to have tenacity is a way more polished. <laughs> no, educated, I, like I like it. Stick with verb, uh, or word. Um, but yeah, you just have to, whatever it is that you want to set out to do, you have to stick with it. You have to continue to work hard for it every single day because it, it doesn't just all, really fall into place. So yeah. It's just, it's just so, 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 so hard. It is. And then the other piece that you said, which I think is really crucial. And it's something that a lot of guests have talked about. Um, when I talk, when I spoke with pay at page from yeah. no roots, we talked about how both of us called Shay and we're like, yes. Hey, I see you're already doing this. Any chance you can give me any point. I said the same thing to Shay. Like, should I just like call P like the, the courthouse or like, and she was like, meet me for coffee. I'll tell you like whatever Anything you, you want to know. And it's like, there is this sense of like, I don't know if it's, 
um, a generational thing or if it's a shift in society or if it's our age. I don't know what it is, but there it's not it's not cutthroat like that. Like there's enough, like, first of all, with coffee, I'm gonna drink coffee every day. Yeah. So like, you always got another customer coming the next day. So like, there's the idea of competition being bad is just something that's never really struck with me. Like, first of all, if I think that you are direct competition with me in a way that like, I'm trying, I'm like a jewelry artist or whatever, you being a better at your craft only makes me want to step up my craft. Yeah. Like it, that only make, pushes me to be better in the sense of like, the food and drink world, like this is a community that if more good food and drink places show up, more food and drink places will show up and then more people will show up yep. because there will be something for them here. Right. So like supporting people within that community is, is important too. And I just think that it's something that some like older business owners are terrified of. And then I think that it, also it's something that more people are open to than some would like to think because they're just afraid to, to ask, you know? And so it's just kind of a limited mindset, you know, like you feel like you're limited in your customer base. And so you have to kind of get rid of that limited mindset and just like, there's an endless, there's endless possibilities, endless customer base, you know, like, and just like don't be scared said, to call. Just, like, what's the worst the thing's going to happen is that that nacho mama lady is going to be like, find it out on your own. You just figure like, it out. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm starting with you. So yeah. I'll just move on to the next, right. next Well, I'll move on to no one. No one else in the area is doing it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. She was so lovely. And that's, sweet Karen. that's all more often yeah. the case, you know? Yeah. I mean, like every once in a while you'll hear about a bad one, but I mean, like, that's really, that's how it was the same way though with like, once I got started. Um, Ty Paluska was still here with 3030, who's now at, you know, now he's back in Peoria and um, owns Intuition. Um, he was super helpful when I got started. Um, he was out at, you know, selling coffee at Doma um, in Utah. And then Tristan at CXT, like his family has been like an endless resource for me. So, you know, two coffee shops locally that were willing to link arms with me and help share their knowledge and their expertise to help me be better. You know what I mean? I just feel like they were such a foundation for me that they just lifted me up to the next level, giving me the information that they've already established and things that they had learned. And so it was just a really beautiful thing just to see people that are championing you that you don't even really know you yeah. know what I mean their hearts are just so good yeah for people to get in this business and or like I think in a lot of the cases like they just love coffee so much so like whatever yeah. the thing is that they're passionate about like if there's more good coffee here it'll raise everybody else's awareness of what good coffee is and hopefully sure. like help everyone support local small businesses that are like really care about like the quality of their beans and where it's been roasted and how it's been harvested and all those things and so um I do think that that is a, just a, a matter of mindset for, yeah. for business owners and like um, moving away from like the scarcity mindset and mm -hmm. just embracing what the people that are around you, because like what a community oh, of friends really now that yeah. you have, right. From, from all of the people that were involved all, all, all along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure cause your, your business transitioned beautifully through many years from the trailer and early mornings up all the way to a brick and mortar and the tra trailer at the same time for like a good portion of it. Yeah. Um, I know that you've recently um, stepped away from running the, the spot and you're no longer um, there, but you're also working for yourself again, like in, yeah. in this life. So I think that that's another reason why you came to mind so easily is that um, you just have that entrepreneurial spirit. You know what I mean? So when you knew that like maybe your time at the coffee shop was coming to an end and you were trying to um, decide like where your heart was being pulled and what you wanted to do with like the hours of your day following the coffee shop. Was it immediately like, um, well, I'm going to work for myself or were you like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Or were you already being called to do something like work in some other way? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so I started getting that uneasy feeling okay. like a year before I even started looking for someone to buy the spot. And I recognized it this time around, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. I feel like the Lord is showing me that it like this season You've has done come to part. an yeah. end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's ready to move you on to the next thing. And so I wanted to make sure even as I was processing all that, like I stewarded it really well there at the end. Um, so 
I sat on it for like a year, like I said, and just prayed on it. Um, told my employees, asked them, you know, if if they didn't mind praying with me, just for discernment on who the next owner should be. Sure. And so it, you know, really beautifully came to be that someone stepped forward and and wanted to take it over. And so that was awesome. So while I was like preparing my heart to sell it for something that I was so like that I started from the ground up and it had walked me through a season of right. like overcoming cancer and um, I don't know, just like leaving a career that felt safe and doing something like unknown, like it, the spot just had represented so much of well, like, it, like what I was passionate yeah, about. Yeah, right? and you but, built it. Like you built it, like every single fiber in the store, every choice, like every cup, yeah. every flavor, every bean, everything hanging on the wall, every person that walked in the door was there because you put in the effort, you I mean, I know that you had a team of people that yeah. you worked with and that it certainly wasn't you and you alone, but I mean, it definitely was <clears throat> your yeah. brainchild from the ground up. And so, um, deciding to leave from something like that, obviously is just a, like a huge decision mm -hmm. life-wise, but that's why I was curious if you were like, this has come to an end, like end stop. And then like after you ended things at the spot, then were you like, now I'm looking around, what do I want to do? Or were you like, I'm going to leave because I want to do X, Y, and Z. So you it, know? like, yeah. So it started, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of like going through though, there was like a tension of going through both of those emotions, right? Like sure. releasing this and stewarding it well to the end. So I could pass the baton in a beautiful way that somebody else could step into a really Yeah. And not just being like, I'm done here. Thriving so, business. Yeah. 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 You know, some people are just like, when they feel like their season's over, they just like quit. Yeah, and they're I, just out. Yeah. I didn't want that for the yeah. next people. Like I wanted them to be able to carry it on and it still be able to offer um, just like beautiful service and, and just continue to be what I felt it was. Sure. Um, and then also praying into like what's next. I've always had such a heart for serving. And so when, after you build a business and you have employees, like your role transitions a bit like you're no longer serving people you're working you're running people right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. managing people yeah right? you really you're are managing the yeah. systems and things like that which is very lonely that's that's a lonely role and I never got into this to to be in that kind of lonely role well I remember like even before the it was fully formulated into the spot like and before you picked like the name before I think you were even totally for sure on coffee, you were just like, well, I love coffee. So like there will be coffee, mm -hmm. but you're like, I want there to be a place where people can gather. Yes. I remember you being like, I want people to feel safe. If they're hungry, I want them to feel fed. If they need cared for, I want to be like the warm smile at the end of their day yeah. that like makes them feel a little bit better when they get back in their car. You're like, I, it's, I want the people to come there and then leave feeling good, whether that's because they wanted a good cup of coffee or because they needed somebody to talk to, or because they needed a safe place to sit or they needed a job when nobody else would employ them or yeah. whatever the situation was. So I know I remember that very early on that the yeah. motivation was, was people based. And then, like you said, now you're the boss. And so you're having contact with your employees, but a lot of times it's, in un like negative circumstances because you're the boss. So it all falls to you. And well, just even like, you know, you don't, make schedules like as a team, you don't order inventory as a team, you know, you're doing all those things by yourself. Yeah. And usually I wasn't even at the coffee shop when I was doing those things. Yeah. So it just felt lonely. Yeah. Um, and so I remember just like knowing like whatever I do next, I just want to, I just want to serve people. Um, and so I've always been super fascinated with homes. And so I was like, I've always been interested in real estate. Like maybe I should, maybe I should give it a try. And so what did I do? Kind of like what I did with the spot. Like I called realtors and I was like, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Like, why do you love it? What, what keeps you um, motivated and, you know, slow seasons and, you know, how did you get started and just ask questions. And so then I realized like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll take the test or I'll take the classes. If I don't like it, I just won't even take the test. And then I took the classes. I really liked it. And then I was like, okay, so I'll take the test. And if I don't pass, well, then it is whatever, whatever. Yeah, you whatever, know, yeah. it wasn't for me, but no harm, no foul. So took the class, took the test, got my license. And then I realized like, oh yeah, this is, this is for me for this season. Cause I just love being able to help family and friends, but even like 
the people that are referred to me, it's just such a special thing because buying a home is one of the, I, I think it's like one of the most important things that you do in your well, you life. You just don't right? ever forget it. <laughs> you just, I mean, it's a monumental moment. A I mean, even deal. for people that move a lot, like you don't forget, you know, yeah. the whole process of it. Sometimes it's horrific. Sometimes it's just wonderfully smooth and, and wonderful. And yeah. so, yeah. So I just <clears> knew that I, like once I passed, I was like, yes, I, I want to do what I did at the spot through real estate. Like I just want to love people. I want to walk alongside them. I want to advocate for them like I did when I was a you know special education teacher. And so I knew that there were so many fibers of real estate that linked back to my other careers that I thought it would be a good transition for me and a good fit in this season. So I do remember uh, so talking about houses a lot, especially before even either one of us were like um, business owners. And I remember one time, uh, we were talking, I can't remember, there must have been somebody that we knew that was moving and you were talking about buying a house and you're like, yeah, the last house, I, I can't remember if you said it was like the last house you bought or the last house you sold. You were like, the person like, it fell through the night before the closing. You're like, things happen all the time. You were just like so chill about it. You're like, yeah, things happen all the time. Like that, I'm not surprised <laughs> by that at all. And I was just like the night before and you're like, yeah, yeah, we had to, yeah, we had to start all over. Yeah, and I was we like, move everything back in. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And so like, I remember like you, you moved like a few times, you know, at that point or whatever. And I remember your attitude being so chill about it. Um, and so knowing what I know about you and like how much you love to dig into things and knowing how much you love to like, like, have these little like micro uh, sessions where you just like learn so much about people. Like yeah. I've been in public settings with you before where you're, you're like get into a conversation with somebody and you'll get so into like some really like minutia and you'll come out and you'll be like, did you know? And you've got like all this brand new information that like nobody else would have gotten into that conversation about, you know? And so I think that, um, for a person that knows you and has known you for a really long time, it makes uh, a whole lot of sense that you would transition into real estate. I think that, other thing that's been evident is that you like variety. And when things kind of tend to plateau, um, that's not a place where you feel like you thrive. I think a lot of people like that. I think that feels stable to a lot of people Yeah. Um, that like knowing what their Wednesday is going to look like when they go in or Absolutely. they want to know what the beginning of the summer looks like for them every year. Like to me, it, it does. It makes me un unrestful. Like I don't, I don't feel good sure. in that situation. I think yeah. you're similar in that way. So I think that's why. <laughs> I always tell you as an entrepreneurial spirit because yeah. you're not, you know, entrepreneurs just don't tend to uh, like to sit still. Yeah. You know, but see like my husband again is like the polar opposite. So for the longest time I was like, babe, don't you want to have a business? And uh -huh. he's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Just as, as enthusiastically as you want him to. Yeah. He does not want to. What? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? He's like, first of all, I've seen you do it. Right. He's like, I'm like, you know, I, again, try to get like into the nitty gritty. Tell me what you're passionate about, babe. Like, what would you want to do? Like, if you could do anything, and he was yeah. like, I want to go to work for someone. I want to do good work for that person. I want to make money and spend time with my family. He's yeah. Like, I, I'm not as impassioned about owning my own business as you are. He's like, I, I don't mind going in, doing a job for someone. Yeah. Not being responsible for the success of the business. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. And just then being able to come home and just be a dad and a husband and, and not have all these other things looming over your Absolutely. head. 24 hours so then I'm kind of like, uh -huh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I see that. So and again, another reason why you guys are so good together because like, yeah, it you takes know? all kinds, right? Yeah. Like not everybody wants to switch jobs every five years or so. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that um, that's why I was wondering if you kind of had an idea of where you're wanting to go, because I think from d doing the transition that you did initially, like going from teaching and then building a business that was going to be mobile and then transitioning into a brick and mortar and then going kind of all the way to the finish line with that business and you're the boss the whole time. I just don't see a lot of people being like, let me, let me go work for somebody else for a while. We talked personally about your real estate business a little bit before um, we were doing this interview. And so now that you're out of the spot and you're um, full time um, as a, as a real estate agent, right. Or broker, or is it it's the same thing? Same is it thing. okay? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty dumb about those things. Um, but you're with a brokerage house. Is that, is that right? Like you're working with a team ESP of other people. Realty. Yep. Okay. So they're our brokerage here in Peoria. And then, yeah, there's lots of different teams within that office and then independent agents, agents as well. And I'm an independent agent. So, so it allows you to um, 
have people around you. Yes. So you're not like working by yourself, right? Like you were talking about like doing the inventory and making yeah. schedules and stuff. And like you're by yourself. There's still a sense of like maybe community around you of yeah. people that are doing the same thing as you, Absolutely. but you're, you are the person who's responsible for making sure that you do Succeed. your job. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it, it's maybe, um, of walking the line of the perfect fit for that community and then also being your own boss type yeah. of situation. And I don't really know what it's like at other brokerages, but this is the first one that I joined and um, I just love it so much because the way that it functions is like this beautiful team, right? And like I said, not everybody's on a team, but it functions as a team. So it's like, oh, you're out of town. Great. Let me show that house for you. Or um, you're at a closing. Let me do the help your client do a final walkthrough or whatever. So it's always like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, which is just, I, I love that concept. While well, also, and you don't feel like you're out there all by yourself on an no, island either. Right. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you have that camaraderie, right. Yeah. You're all doing it together. Yeah. You can all link arms and do this thing and serve people really well. And, and like you said, not be isolated. You are doing it essentially alone. You know, you're an independent agent but you um, are functioning as a team. So I just love that concept that we have. It's just a beautiful community of people that all have a common goal. Um, Again, it's just lifting each other up. It's not super competitive, although essentially we are each other's competitors, right? Like, especially right now, there's such limited inventory. Like we are competing for the same listings and and things like that, but that's just not at all how we function. It's, It's really beautiful. That is really nice. And do you think that that's something that's like just in your brokerage maybe, or do you think that that's something that's like a trend that like people are just really trying to be more loving and embracing one another, like in our community? I do. I, I just, I'm super passionate about Peoria and I am too. And I, I love to think Illinois. it's Peoria. And I just think that <laughs> like we're, we're kind of a sweet spot, right? Yeah. Like I think we're um, a large city that has a lot of great offerings, but I think at the end of the day, we still function like a small town community. We do. I think we do. We come together really beautifully and cheer each other on and champion one another. So I just like to think that it's, it's our area and that we just really have hearts for one another. Sure. So tell me something, if you can think this is kind of putting you on the spot, but if you can think of something, what has maybe been like the most um, surprising or just the thing that you thought to yourself, like, well, this wouldn't have happened when I was running the coffee shop. Like, like it's such a big train, like a stark transition from like the career you were doing before with the coffee shop. And then like now with the realtor situation, I know you said the other day, you're like, I'll pull people's weeds. I'll be like, you're like yeah. telling me about like, I just feel like there's gotta be so many situations or like things that you find yourself doing that you're just like, well, I just didn't think this probably fell under the umbrella of being a realtor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll never forget it was closing day for a client and I was on the listing side, which means like I have their home for sale. Right. And so I'm just getting ready to go to closing. Like I got my closing gift all wrapped and I'm just ready to go. And I get a call from the other realtor and she said, did you know that your client hasn't moved out of her house? And I was like, excuse me, maybe you have the wrong address or something. Like I, I had been in contact and they told me they had, got essentially everything out just a few more boxes just a few more yeah just a few more and so I had even sent Ryan over a few days before and had him move a few boxes as well so kind of helped in the process and and so he was like yeah yeah it's it's moving along well and so I felt really good about it so when she was like they're not moved out I was like oh this can't be so I drove over to the client's house I'll be darned they were not moved out (laughs) refrigerator was still full like Oh no. Yeah. Still the basement was still full. And the, the the buyers are taking ownership like at the closing, mm-hmm. like we're exchanging keys and now it's my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the intent. Right. right and right. so I was like, well, um, and, and so at this point we're supposed to close in an hour. And so I'm like, okay, we got to frantically get all this stuff out of here and pack. Like they, they, they didn't have movers. They didn't have, there wasn't a budget for all those things. So it was just like me and her and the other agent was so gracious to stick around. And yeah, we, you moved your, you moved your client. Yeah. Yeah. And we like packed the closet, you know, cause like there was even like clothes and you, you know, they were really unpacked. <laughs> 
So that was something that I was like, I'll be darned. Like I did not see this coming. I didn't see that. I thought we were just heading to the closing table and I just, you know, show yeah. up, congratulate yeah. them, thank them. I got you a gift. I guess I will take this to your new house because you got enough stuff to carry from this oh, one. brother. And so, yeah, that was like, that was an eye-opening experience for sure. Wow. So, that makes me think because I know when I sold my last house, um, the... Like, I remember being like, well, first of all, I was pregnant with twins at the time. So I was yeah. very little help to do anything. But I remember being like, we had everything, but like we were sleeping in that house because we didn't have another house to stay Absolutely. in. Right. So yes. that's such a weird, like, where you're like, okay, we don't have any dishes. Okay. We don't like, and so there was like mustard and a couple things in the fridge and like our beds were still in our old house and everything else was like in a trailer, or at, you know, in like, route yeah, in route. yeah. And, um, I, that morning we packed a cooler with all the stuff from the refrigerator. Right. And I like put that in my car. We went to the closing in Bartonville and then I got the garage door opener to the new house. And I was like, I'll go to the house. Cause like, again, pregnant with twins, I'm not going to help do anything. Right. My then husband was like, I'll go we'll load up the beds. We'll put those. I got a team of guys. We'll load up the beds. We'll put those in the car and then we'll get like, we'll get over there. And I was like, okay. So I never went back to my old house after we moved out of it. Yeah. And the person who bought my old house ran into my mom like a month later. And my mom was like, how are you enjoying the house? And she's like, well, it was filthy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, first of all, I can't think of ever running into somebody's mom and being like, it was a disaster. Like, I just can't imagine like how you get to that frame of mind. But I was like, what? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt bad for a second, you know? And then I was like, oh yeah, like I'm sure there was like dog hair under the bed. But like, after, because we had a king size bed, once the bed is picked up, like you don't yeah. vacuum under a king size bed how often, right? So, and I'm sure men were, aren't like, well, let me run the vacuum real quick right. here before yeah. we yeah, leave yeah. the house. I'll do a quick once over. Again, I was pregnant with twins, so I probably wasn't like getting down on the floor and mopping and stuff, but I was just like, oh, I feel badly, I guess. But I also was just like, I mean, like, don't you clean anyway? It's don't okay. you like go yeah. into a house and... And there's just like all those firsts, right? That you're just, like, you don't know. Yeah. I try yeah. to be sensitive to, like, there's so many firsts. And even with that client that hadn't moved out, like, I think back, like, that was the first time I had ever encountered that, right? But like, then it made me think, I need to communicate better on what it looks like the morning of. You know, it has to be broom swept. And that doesn't mean you, you can leave behind X, Y, or Z. Like, yeah. the, this is what broom swept means. Right, that's right. what the person taking possession is expecting, right, right? right? And so those first time things, you just have to, like, take it. And then, yeah. like, okay, so the next time I'll do better. Next time I'll communicate better. Next time I won't let my husband be the last one out of the house. <laughs> you know, like, I'll make sure. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's always a learning process for sure. Yeah. I know, like, you know, I love to paint walls different colors and stuff. And I, like, that was the other complaint was, like, well, they didn't leave us any paint. There were, like, 21 holes in this one wall. There was. There were, like, these weird mirrors that had to have, like, double holes. And so they were, like, but I was, like, you have to paint anyway. Like, you're going to repaint my colors in there? Like, you wanted me to give you, like, touch-up paint for my paint colors? After no, and nobody it does matches, that. You know? No, and it was going to be a rental property. Like, I'm pretty sure you got to paint all that stuff brand new anyway. Start like, fresh, babe. start fresh. Just <laughs> get yourself <laughs> all back. Yeah. You can do that. That's, yeah. that's okay, right? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember, for me, the house selling is buying or selling. I mean, I feel like if you're in either position, you're probably also doing the other, unless it's like a first yeah. time thing. So it's like, I feel like it's can be such a stressful time for people. It should be very exciting because in most cases, maybe hopefully you're like making a transition that you're excited about right? or that you want. But I just also know you can fall in love with a place. Like your heart can get really attached to things. And so like, I would imagine that there are some real high emotions with a lot of your yeah. like day to day things that you're, you know, people get like, yeah, super, super attached yeah. and like deals fall through or, you know, not everyone is moving on to a transition that they're excited about. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's to. like they've lost a loved one and they have to downsize or they're going through a divorce and, and now like you're trying to help you know, both people like find new homes and their kids, you know, find new homes where they feel some sort of peace. And so, you know, there is always some level of emotion, you know, whether it be excitement or, or a little bit of sadness, like that you're kind of walking along people 
along with people um, sure. through their experience. So that's something that I don't take lightly, you know, like that's something that I'm always honored that people choose me to go through that. Because like I said, it's, it's just such a big transition, no matter how many times you do it, there's always things that come up that are little road bumps, you know, and so when people choose me, it's just, it's super honoring that they feel confident that I'll be able to lead them in the best way. Well, you're going to be spending a lot of time together. They're going to be leaning on you for your expertise. Like they're like trusting you to Mm -hmm. make moves in their best interest. And so it really is like a really important decision. And so, um, and there's a ton of realtors out there. I mean, like there's just a bazillion. Yeah. 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 Um, so is this, um, you, you talk about life is like in seasons. So you said like, this is really what's suiting you for this season. And it feels like it just started, right? Yeah. Because the transition from the spot just happened, happened recently. So, yeah. So I um, sold, I sold this about a year ago and I've been in real estate like two and a half years. Okay. So okay. There was a little, cross. you were doing some educating before you, Absolutely. before you left the spot. Yep. Yeah. I do remember that now. Um, well, I'm really glad to see that you're, um, still in, impassioned about whatever you're doing. That's really all anybody can hope for, for somebody, right. Is that they feel lit up by mm-hmm. what they're doing in their life. And it seems like you're always able to kind of find that. So that's, really encouraging. I think for other people maybe who are scared to leave something that makes them feel secure or feel like, Oh man, I'm feeling so frustrated where I'm at, but I have this like good job and I've got this whole like life planned out. Why am I feeling called to do this other thing? I think it kind of helps give people permission to kind of um, chase down those dreams and see, see what happens. Right. Take the leap a little bit. I totally agree. I remember in the beginning feeling like maybe I'm flaky. Oh, And so I just want to encourage people that like, don't, don't put that on yourself. It's not being flaky just to be passionate about things and chasing those passions. You know, like it's, it would be flaky if you left behind you, like a whole bunch of half started businesses, but like you, you've started businesses and saw them all the way through. Like you grew the spot from like, even the first initial, it was just going to be a trailer that you did part time. Mm -hmm. Even if you'd just done that. You yeah. would have not, you would have done it. You know I'm I mean? kind of of the age where I'm a little bit caught between both mindsets of like, you start a career and you retire. Yeah. And then also like the younger generations that feel free to, yeah. to move in and out and, and to find success, like moving careers. So I think I'm kind of like in that in between. And so at first it was hard for me to, to give myself permission to, to be able to flow in and out of careers and find it is weird. It's our generation. Like our parents retired with 40 years at wherever they were at. And our kids don't even know if they want to go to college or if they like are going to pick a career until they're like in their mid thirties. So it's like, we are literally the gap that like went from this to that. Like that's an amazing amount of progression and a, and a total mind shift set that is, that has happened. And I think a lot of it is like, you know, these people are working until they're super old and then, too old to enjoy anything that they want to do or like maybe money's not everything having that huge 401k like and then they die like what is that worth and so I think that people have just been trying to like really evaluate how to spend their time because you want to be able to look back and feel like oh what I did I loved because you spend so much time I don't want to be working for retirement like I don't want to be like oh only 30 more years of this you know what I mean like I should probably care more about saving for retirement than I do. But I also am just like, I don't see a time where I'm ever not going to be working. Like I know sure. like, like I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful that I'm able to, and I hope that I'm always like physically able to, and like all of those things. But beyond that, I don't, I don't want to stop what I'm doing every day. I, mm-hmm. I, I love getting up and doing the, the things that I'm doing every day. And so I don't think that that's a privilege that like older generations had. Sure. Um, and I think that, some people don't aren't searching for that and some careers don't offer that, but I'm really grateful that yeah. I get to do this. And I, I feel like you, you are too. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thanks for letting me chat about all things business with you today. Yeah. I think that there's probably like 18 more conversations we could have. We didn't even really get into the spot or your real estate business. We kind of glazed over both of those things, but um, the theme was entrepreneurship today anyway. So, um, so thanks for letting me chat and I hope we can do it again. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks Sarah. Mm-hmm. Hi friends, if you made it this far, um, let me tell you that I appreciate you for listening to the whole episode and I'm going to try to give you a little treat with a little funny story from my years of employment. And today we're taking it way back. We're taking it back to 2000, the year 2000, when I was a 15 year old girl 
told to get a job by her parents because she had to pay for car insurance and a car and gas money. And so I started um, what I would consider to be my first job legitimately because it's the first one that I like filled out a W uh, four, four, and like had taxes taken out of, I'd worked for like, um, neighbors and babysat. And I worked for, um, a couple of other places prior to this, but this was like the first one that felt like the first job, like an interview, fill out an application, go in. There's a brand new movie theater that was opening in town and it was all the rage state of the art, big opportunity for everybody. This is when you couldn't watch movies on any streaming platform. You went to the movies every weekend. And so I was excited to get the job and, um, I worked there, I worked all the departments, but this story in particular takes place in the concession stand. When they take you on, they train you on how to take an order and how to do various things behind the counter. And one of the things they talk to you about is filling, um, the self-serve butter station with butter and also how to make the popcorn. And so it's got a very specific, you know, you have a scoop of this, a scoop of that, this much oil, bada bing, bada boom, turn the heat on, here you go. And then they had other things, you know, various things like you'd have to change out, maybe like, um, you know, stock things, the cups, the lids, the soda, the fountain, you had to clean all the heads, all the regular concession stand things. And I worked there for probably two months before I realized that every time they asked me to replace the self-serve butter, like the the bag that's of butter that's below the counter that the hose is pulling up for you to like drizzle onto your own popcorn, um, was, a, was a bag of butter that came inside like a cardboard case with a little nozzle you would attach. And I found out too late into the game that I did not realize there were two separate boxes in the back stock. One box was for butter that you could put on your popcorn and the other box was oil that you would make the popcorn in as you can imagine these things look very similar Um, the boxes were not labeled real clearly (laughs) but even more so a young 15 year old girl was not um paying enough attention i guess we'd say to discern the difference between the two And so if you came to see a movie at the Pekin Movie Theater in the year 2000, in the months of June and July, there's a good chance you put cooking oil on top of your popcorn at the self-serve butter station instead of butter. So if you're a victim of this um, senseless act, I apologize, but it was just one of the many, many dumb mistakes I've done as an employee of um, anywhere, really. Reason Business Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Johnson, and is under the umbrella of Brazen Reputation Brand Management Projects. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing and who we are, please visit us online at brazenreputation.com. If you have a small business story that you would like to share and you feel like you would be a great fit for this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me online through my website or through social media and let's chat. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you're here and just go out there and be well.